Hello, this is Gregory Novak. This is The Cunning of Geist, episode 61. Welcome back. The purpose of this podcast is to explore philosophy, psychology, and science with an emphasis on the great 19th century philosopher George Wilhelm Friedrich Hegel. My central premise of this podcast is that there is more going on here than blind materialism, and that is what I try to demonstrate in these episodes from a wide variety of sources. Now, I usually begin each episode by saying what I just said, that The Cunning of Geist is about philosophy, psychology, and science, with an emphasis on Hegel. However, is there any link between these three disciplines? I believe there is, and I believe that Hegel provides the answer, the true link. And no, I'm not saying that philosophy trumps psychology and science. What I am saying is that all these disciplines must join at some level into one whole understanding, and I hope to cover a bit of this in this episode. I know it's a big task, but and what I'm going to cover in this episode represents just one small piece of bringing it together. But I do believe that recent theories in quantum physics brings us so close to the philosophy of Hegel that the gap is no longer insurmountable. In fact, it may be an easy jump to link the two. That is my take anyway. Let me share with you why I feel this way. I'm going to be focusing this episode specifically on a theory developed by physicist Roger Penrose. It's called the Conformal Cyclical Cosmology, or CCC for short. Yes, I know it's a mouthful, but let me explain it briefly without getting into the weeds. CCC postulates that the universe, all and everything, goes through cycles that we are headed toward a timeless infinity in our future, and this timeless infinity existed in our past, is where we come from. And this timeless infinity is what preceded the Big Bang that brought forth time and space as we know it. And this cycle recurs. Not necessarily eternal recurrence, a la Nietzsche, where everything repeats exactly again and again but a cycle from infinity to finiteness to infinity again and again. And there is the possibility of evolution, of advancement, of laws developing from cycle to cycle within the finite phase. Now, we've talked about a cyclical universe here before in several episodes, most specifically in episode 39 and 40. However, in the current episode, I want to focus on the CCC theory proposed by Penrose, and I've not discussed that here before, and specifically how it relates to Hegel's philosophy. I believe Penrose's theory offers a significant inroad to bridge the gap between Hegel's philosophy and current science. And this theory, the CCC, comes from his book published in 2010 entitled Cycles of Time, An Extraordinary New View of the Universe. First, let me summarize what I'm proposing as the link from Hegel to Penrose's theory. This will be very general, and I'll back it up in a moment. First, in combining Hegel's system with Penrose's CCC, I'm not saying this cycling is something of a go-between from a supernatural world to nature and back to a supernatural world. It's not something otherworldly going on. In fact, as we covered here before in episode 15, I do not believe there was an actual creation event that produced the universe. Now, let me just back up a little bit as a refresher. This is a debated point regarding Hegel's system, even among Hegel's scholars. At the end of the science of logic, Hegel's science of logic, he states that the idea freely releases itself as nature. 
Some take this to be an actual creation event, not in time, but the moment when time and space nature were created. Others believe, such as Hegel scholar Stephen Hulgate, that Hegel is speaking here metaphorically. I believe that actually both interpretations are at work, and this is what I'm going to present and, and show. And I believe that the CCC model helps explain how this works, and I'll be establishing this link. Now, Hegel also says that, quote, but this determination is not issued from a process of becoming, nor is it and a transition, end quote. He's talking about the transition from the logic to nature. So he's saying that the idea both freely releases itself as its other nature, yet this is not a transition or a becoming. So what does this mean? It means there is no separation between the two. It is all one process. There is never any separation between mind and nature. There is no before nature was created. There was no creation event. It's just a, like a circle. It has no starting point. This is the way things are. And Hegel shows how this is what nature, the world around us, turns out to be. But what is interesting is that there is the cycling from infinity to finiteness to infinity. It is not a splitting of mind and nature, a splitting of infinity from finiteness. It's not going from mind to nature back to mind, but it's a cycling of mind and nature combined. It's not a cycling of logic to nature and to, then to spirit and then back to logic and so forth. Mind and Nature combined undergo a process which reaches a zenith point of pure energy, pure infinity, and in that state it loses all of its finiteness. And in that very moment, it freely releases itself once again into its other to become finite again. Because that is what it is in its entirety. The absolute is an evolving circle, and it is self-contained. I'm saying this is what the absolute is in its entirety. It is logic, mind, or God, as well as nature. And it is the historical march of spirit that produces the cycle. It is not just a physical process, but a mental one as well. It's both, as spirit comes to know itself better as spirit. Now, Hegel's system, combined with Penrose's CCC, is much more than blind materialism. Hegel's nature includes logic as its underpinning, and this is what Penrose's CCC shows. The CCC model allows the universe to cycle through an infinite state to a finite state and so forth, constantly evolving as one process. Now, in each infinite state, there is no longer any mass, so spirit is now one with itself. And here it freely releases itself once again to continue its evolutionary cycle as nature, with spirit unfolding within. Well, the important point is this. Spirit does not go away after the Big Bang. This is the key point. It's not that mind or spirit goes away and we cycle from mind to no mind to mind to no mind. It does not go to sleep. Spirit does not go to sleep. It works through nature to come to know itself better once again, what Hegel calls through true infinity. And spirit is able to improve its knowledge further. And it can only do this by freely othering itself into nature and spirit. So, spirit at this stage, in the finite stage, it exists. Nature allows it to evolve its understanding of itself. And it is this. What is this understanding? That substance is subject, and the world out there is actually the world in here. It is one, an identity and difference. And this is really the cornerstone of Hegel's whole philosophy. 
And this process repeats. This is what's interesting about the CCC model, and Hegel refers to it as well, which we'll get to. And it does so with the aim of constant evolution and improvement. You know, you see examples of this throughout nature. A tree will shed its leaves and go dormant in the winter, and in spring it will come to life once again and grow further based on the structure already in place from the previous year. The absolute is similar. Each universal round can build on the previous round and has that as a foundation. So that is my premise. That's what we're going to be exploring in this episode. Now let me get into a little bit more of the CCC model. Penrose's conformal cyclical cosmology, as I have said, is a theory that the universe is in fact cyclical. It goes from big bang to big bang in a never-ending cycle. And I've said it's not that the exact same universe repeats as an eternal recurrence, but the physical universe of time and space is born again and again. What is interesting in the theory is this, that just prior to the big bang and the creation of the physical universe, there was no time as we know it, no space. This is before the great inflation of the universe that occurred right before the Big Bang, which we've discussed. Since there was no time or space then, it's a kind of infinity. It's not the bad infinity that Hegel references. It's not something that goes infinitely into the past and infinitely into the future. But it's it's a, a, a true basic infinity, a state beyond finiteness. Time and space are only known through existing things. And what Penrose is proposing is that before the Big Bang, there were no things. If there are no things, nothing material, hence there's no time and there is no space. Now, what is key about this theory is that we are headed to that state now. The universe is expanding. We know this. And it is hypothesized that eventually it's going to expand so much that matter itself will disintegrate and there'll be nothing left. They call it entropy. And nothing will be left. There will be only pure energy as photons, which a photon is no mass and does not experience time. And that's all that will be left. It'll be a state of pure energy, no time or space, state of uh, complete oneness. And we will have reached infinity once again. This isn't something just in our heads, but it's a reality. It's uh, the state of existence is what, what the future holds for us. That's a long time away, but that's what, what that's where we're headed. And then this condition will give birth once again to another Big Bang, and the cycle will, will repeat. So we go from a period of infinity to one of finiteness to one of infinity again. But true infinity does not leave us during the finite phase of space-time, and this is so critical in Hegel's work. It is there, and it allows us not to accept the finite given, and it allows us to go beyond the regular, the routine, and the ordinary. And Hegel so brilliantly describes this in so many places in his work. We've discussed how, how Hegel's logic can be seen as logically prior to nature, and this explains why. Now, to be precise here, Penrose is not saying that the state of infinity that we have come from and that we're headed to corresponds to Hegel's true infinity. He's dealing with this in a mathematical, physical sense. And Hegel's true infinity is, requires a finite state for, for the true infinity to go beyond. What Penrose is saying that the initial state, or not initial, but the, the state is at that time or that period, a pure infinite state. And that's what is important. I'm the one who's linking uh, science and philosophy here, not, not Penrose. He's dealing the, at this, 
with this as, as a physicist. I'm the one that's, that's saying that this is, corresponds so nicely with Hegel's, Hegel's project. Now, I want to get into a little bit more on Penrose's theory in a moment, but let's step back and look at some of the correspondence here to other worldviews and philosophies. The concept of linear time is very much Western, and we've talked about this before. And the concept of circular time is very much Eastern. The composition of the ancient Chinese classic, the I Ching, is circular in nature. Its foundation is circular. It talks about seasons and, uh, and so forth. And every hexagram will turn into another one, and, and it repeats. The Old Testament concept which a lot of our Western thinking is based on, is that God created the heavens and the earth, and that suggests the beginning. And I think that's why scientists glommed on to the Big Bang, because it suggests a, a beginning. Uh, and certainly our Western science emphasizes cause and effect. That is why children so often say, well, who created God? Their minds are programmed from a very early age to think in a left-brain manner, cause and effect. Everything has a cause. And it must be true going back in time going and also going forward in time. However, the East sees things more circular. It's more aligned with the seasons. As I said, the repetition of birth and death. Hegel, as a Westerner, saw that an infinity that stretches back and forward endlessly is a false infinity. It always contains the finite and never surpasses it. He proposed a true infinity, which is going beyond the finite given, which we talked back in episode four. The circle is not a finite thing. There is not a start nor an end in, on a circle, but it provides us with a self-contained visual of the eternal path of growth and freedom. And I think it's an important symbol. And I think this is w what Hegel is referring to. It's very much an Eastern thought uh, when he talks about the absolute and he talks about circles. Uh, a circle is, is, is self-contained, but it continues. Now, a little bit more on Roger Penrose himself. He was born in 1931 in England. He studied mathematics. He graduated from university in 52 from the University of London. He received his PhD in 58. Interestingly, during this time, when he was working on his PhD, he became fascinated with the artwork of M.C. Escher and began a correspondence with the artist. Penrose actually developed what he called an impossible triangle and sent this work to Escher. And this work of Penrose's inspired Escher to do two of his most famous masterpieces on a stairway that goes up and somehow loops back to the start again. And you cannot immediately tell how it's done when you're looking at the, at the painting. Please check out Escher's work by Googling Escher Stairway and or Escher Re Relativity. And also, if you're not familiar with Escher's work, please look at all his stuff. It, it's so fascinating. However... Let's go back to Penrose. He went on and developed many breakthroughs in physics, particularly in space-time diagrams and measurement. He also explored consciousness and even published a book on how the physical laws of the universe cannot explain consciousness. It was entitled The Emperor's New Mind in 1989. I picked up a copy of that back then. And I said before, he published a, his book on cycles on the CCC in 2010. And he postulates that at the at the end of the universe, because of entropy and because of the expansion, all matter will eventually evaporate, and all that will be left are photons, which contain no mass and are timeless, as I said. 
And the key here is that there's no difference between an infinitely large universe consisting only of photons where we're headed and an infinitely small universe consisting of over only of photons which preceded the Big Bang. Therefore, a singularity of the Big Bang and an infinitely expanded universe are identical. That is the CCC in a nutshell. Just recently, in 2020, Penrose, along with a colleague, won the Nobel Prize in Physics for linking black holes and Einstein's general relativity. So he is not some new age prophet just um, hypothesizing these things out of whole cloth. He's a very well-established physicist, and this is his theory. Now, given that, though, I must point out that the CCC is very controversial today. It's not universally accepted and at best, it can probably be described as a fringe theory among current physicists. But as we've discussed, oftentimes breakthroughs occur by thinking outside the box. And many applaud him for, for doing just that. And as I said, though, going through his background, he certainly has the bona fides to produce such a theory. And Hegel's system syncs with Penrose's CCC model in a very interesting way. It's, it's because Hegel's philosophy is based on thought being, developing, and becoming. His state of infinity, true infinity, even the logic, it's not static, unmoving. It, it's not in a time sense, but thought, thought moves, spirit moves, it develops. And Mind and nature join in spirit and move together as one and evolve, eventually to the point of complete infinity, as, as Penrose is suggesting, where there's no more finite world of time and space. And then the Big Bang is formed once again, as we've covered over and over. Now, it's many of you are familiar with Hegel's triadic system, and we've discussed it here so often, logic, nature, and spirit. First, rational logic of mind, which is timeless. And secondly, it's other pure nature. And thirdly, spirit, joining the two and evolving through history. Hegel breaks these domains into three parts to explain what's going on. But in reality, they all exist as one entity. It's really spirit. Today, unfortunately, many do not see spirit, but it is the cornerstone of Hegel's philosophy. And that's why we keep covering it over and over again. And as I say, spirit's awareness of itself is an historical process. And we've come a long way, but we have a long way to go. The point that I'm making here is that there's only one absolute, and this contains mind, nature, and spirit, and the process of development of becoming of evolution itself. This is all one. You know, we tend to want to break it down and identify ourselves with, as only mind, as subject only, or as, for some body only, but this is not Hegel's system. And there's another interesting point regarding the cyclical universe that I'd like to cover briefly. And this has to do with an idea we touched on before that it, this whole process, in fact, may include the laws of nature evolving and growing. Lee Smullen, who we discussed in episode 40, has a, speculated on this possibility of cosmos that cycles from Big Bang to Big Bang. And Smolin is coming at this purely from a physical theory, but he is the leading contemporary physicist who has written on these issues. Let me quote Smolin on the notion of a cyclical universe and laws that evolve. Quote, So I developed cosmological natural selection to try to give an evolutionary account of this. 
so that there would be a history back before the Big Bang in which these numbers could change and evolve through a series of events like the Big Bang. And there could be an explanation akin to natural selection, just like you want to know why do people have two legs now as opposed to three legs or five legs or four legs or six legs. There's an evolutionary reason for that, a certain kind of fitness that has been improved over many, many generations. And similarly, there could have been a notion of fitness of the laws of nature over the course of many generations. And cosmological natural selection was an example of a theory of that kind, end quote. So that's Smolin speaking and saying why the laws of nature may have evolved from epoch to epoch. We've discussed also how Charles Pierce believed that the laws of nature, in fact, evolved. Now, he didn't get into the quantum physics and the Big Bang that, that Smolin's um, able to draw on as well as Penrose, but the idea was there with, with Pierce as well. Now, Penrose's CCC is much more detailed than Smolin's speculation. It's interesting, though, Penrose even claims to see evidence of previous universes in our current cosmos. So hopefully physicists will pick up on this and study this more in the future. Now, we've discussed philosophy and current science in this episode in some detail, but what about the third leg of the stool, psychology? How does this impact us personally? Well, I believe that CCC combined with Hegel's philosophy shows that there's so much more going on in the universe than blind materialism. And that can give one a very different perspective on life. This shows that life has a purpose, that we are all on the same team, team spirit, if you will, and that we have a mission, should we choose to accept it, to bring more light, life, and love into the world. Individual lives will come and go. Cosmic epics will come and go. Penrose calls them eons. But spirit remains. Spirit is what gives us life. And if we choose to listen, it will guide us in what is most important to focus on and accomplish. Now, of course, the spiritual path is not easy. It's not bliss ninnyhood. We need to make the effort. And of course, there will be failures and setbacks along the way. One does not build big muscles without strain and effort. But the still small voice inside will guide us and give us comfort. That I know. Okay, let's summarize. I was fascinated when I first heard about Penrose's CCC theory because it syncs so nicely with Hegel's philosophy. Hegel is against false infinity, that time stretches back infinitely and forward infinitely. I believe he sees the absolute more as a circle. Now, the key thing about Penrose's CCC theory is that it doesn't just extend time backwards infinitely and forwards infinitely, including the Big Bangs. It's, it's a state of timelessness that preceded our Big Bang when there was no time or space. It's just infinity. And this is exactly the same state that we're headed to. It's not part of a, a sequence. So we have timelessness behind us and we have timelessness in our future. These states are, in fact, the same. It is between these timeless states that space-time appears. And in each of these timeless states, mind, God, spirit comes to know itself and improve things. And then uh, when it comes time, when it reaches timelessness again, it, the spirit will freely release itself for another round to continue its advancement. And there exists the possibility for continued evolution, for improvements in spirit coming to know itself through this process. So let me conclude with two quotes from Hegel. These are very interesting quotes. First is from the end of the shorter logic of his Encyclopedia of the Philosophical Sciences. Quote, We have now returned to the notion of the idea with which we began. This return to the beginning is also an advance. We began with being, abstract being, where we now 
are we also have the idea as being, but this idea which has being is nature, end quote. And lastly, from the nature section of the encyclopedia, Hegel states, quote, the point tends toward a place which is its future and vacates one which is the past, but that which it has behind it is at the same time that at which it will arrive, and it has already been at the after toward which it tends. Its goal is the point which is the past. The truth of time is that the goal is the past and not the future, end quote. Well, that's it for this episode. Covered a lot. Thank you so much for listening. And I welcome all comments, all questions. Please visit the podcast's Facebook page at Cunning of Geist, and you can ask questions, you can comment on these episodes, and we can have a dialogue. And I will be listing all the references cited in this episode there shortly. I will also eventually produce a transcript of this episode and post it there as well. I am running a bit behind on the transcripts because they take some work, but I will get to it. Please follow me on Twitter as well, also at Cunning of Geist. And be sure to tell your like-minded friends about the podcast. Help spread the word. Feel free to share this episode on social media. This is Gregory Novak. This is the Cunning of Geist. See you next time.